Hello, and welcome to The Wednesday Word. My name is Jacob Euchre, and I'll be hosting today's podcast. Today, we're going to take a look at Pastor Dave's devotional from this week's, this Sunday's sermon. Um, And the format is where I'm going to read the devotional, which uh, includes um, an excerpt of Matthew. And we'll go through all of the questions that he has at the end. And I'll introduce this week's guests at that time, but it's... um, Dan Harper, and Bob Lathrop. So Pastor Dave begins the devotional with a reading from Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. Pastor Dave continues, the story of Joseph is interesting. We hear of Joseph in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew gives us few, very few details about Joseph leaving us with many questions. How long were Joseph and Mary engaged? How old was Joseph? How did Joseph find out that Mary was pregnant? How long did it take him to decide to divorce her quietly? Had he told Mary? How much time passed between his dream and his decision to not divorce Mary? Was the decision a difficult one to make? Did he talk to Mary about his change of mind? And what did he tell her? There's so many questions. Even so, the gospel does tell us enough to know a little about Joseph. Joseph was a man of faith. Why else would God allow him to be involved in raising Jesus? This faithfulness is evident in the story. He was open to hearing messages from God through the angel of the Lord, and he was willing to do as God asked, even though it was not his first choice of how to respond to Mary's news. Saying yes to what God asked of him meant he would have to accept the mystery of Mary's pregnancy. It also meant he would name the baby. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus. By naming the child, Joseph was taking responsibility for the child as his own. To outsiders looking in, Joseph was Jesus' father. So, there was no need to try and explain what had happened. And Joseph never does, at least not in the Bible. Joseph never speaks. This is very different from Mary's story in which we hear her speak and even sing, but Joseph never speaks. He is only spoken of. Throughout the Bible, the narrator of his story speaks for him, and even then, very little is said. As important as Joseph is to the story of Jesus' birth and early childhood, we hear nothing from him. We simply see his actions, doing whatever is asked of him by God. This reality makes Joseph the patron saint of those who serve God faithfully without any need for recognition. Pastor Dave asked some questions at the end of this 
devotional, which we'll get into, but I want to take some time to introduce our guests for today. I'm going to have you uh, speak a little bit about yourself. We'll start with Dan, Dan Harper. Um, of course, my name is Dan Harper. I'm married. I have, uh, between my wife and I, we have six children, and now we have 12 grandchildren. We live here in Las Vegas. I, uh, Georgie, my wife, is still working. I'm retired, but I also work at the church now. I run the, the food pantry, which keeps me very, very busy. Uh, our life has always been around church, if not here in another church uh, where we lived, but we've always been, a, been there, and we feel that uh, Jesus and the Lord is a big part of our life. Awesome. Thanks for volunteering to, to come on the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Bob? My name is Bob Lathrop. Um, been uh, living here in Las Vegas for, I don't know, 12, 14 years. Married uh, for quite a long time with Beth Blackwood. Uh, name should be some familiar to some people. Um, three kids, uh, adults, and our first grandchild coming on due date is January 8th. Ooh, so that'll be, close. that'll be interesting. Um, you'll have fun. <clears throat> yeah. But working in different ministries in the church, uh, Beth's really involved in Family Promise and uh, got that thing going and uh, uh, advanced for the common good. And uh, Ray, one of my daughters, one of my twin daughters, very involved <laughs> in, in Dan's life and uh, Community Resource Center. Awesome. Thanks as well for, for joining. We've had Ray and, and Beth on the podcast before, and I thought, let's talk to, let's talk to Bob, the patriarch. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's fitting. Um, I think the, the women seem to run things in this family, but that's not unusual. A lot of other families are the same way. But who's, who's better to, t- to speak about Joseph? Oh, yeah. Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. Well, I talked before. This has always been a kind of an interest of mine because intellectually I'm always, what happened to Joseph? He was there at the beginning, but nah, he's not around anymore. That's right. In the story. So uh, Pastor Dave asked some questions that we'll, we'll talk through. And um, as Pastor Dave does, he, he asked some really good questions that we could probably just talk about one of them for a while. But we'll see, we'll see how far we get. So uh, first question, how do you describe Joseph? Well, it makes you think of him as kind of a mild-mannered man, uh, I think. Uh, but, you know, to open his life and his family and his heart up to uh, something that is really a, was a miracle is was hard to I'm hard for him at times I'm sure I uh, I went through a divorce and so I understand a little bit what it is to, like to to help raise other people's childrens or think and uh, and grandchildren you just accept them as your own and you love them and it's all about love anyway, and I think Joseph had a lot of love in his heart. And I believe he he was a carpenter, I, and he taught uh, Jesus also had a carpenter. I remember that. I always thought that was kind of nice, you know, and neat. But, uh, I mean, I think overall I would, I think about what happened after Jesus said what happened to Joseph. And you don't hear about that. <laughs> yeah, you don't. He mm-hmm. sort of just disappears. That's right. Yeah. Bob, you want to uh, This is, now you're reminding me, this is one of the ultimate blended families, right? Mm-hmm. Different fathers. Right. 
um, for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would describe Joseph as a, a normal person, a person who had some faith, who had uh, whatever, who was going to quietly divorce Mary because that was kind of the right thing to do. Right. But um, somebody intervened. Yeah, he asked, Pastor Dave earlier in it asked a lot of questions that I, I'd never really thought of. I mean, they all make sense when, when you sort of put yourself in that position, but, you know, it, it illuminates uh, um, the kind of person that Joseph was because um, there's a lot of ways it could have gone, I think, especially considering um, the law as, as they lived it. And what the implications would be? Right, the the law at the time that this happened. This oh, happened. sure, they stone you. Yeah, and I think one thing that's always st struck me about Joseph and and Mary, this is the holy the holy family in general, is they weren't kings, they weren't they weren't rich, they weren't no I guess we'd call aristocracy, or um, they were poor and they were working folk. I mean, Joseph was wasn't even. Um, I think the term is architecton. I think that the term in Greek that they use for Joseph is a tech, just a work worker. So it says something about the people that God chooses to work his, his plan through. So the next question you ask is, there's so much we don't know about his Joseph story. How do you fill in the blanks? For you, how do you answer the unanswered questions to make sense of the story? I'll, I'll start with you, Bob. Yeah. Um, surprisingly to some people, uh, Joseph and Mary were Jewish. So uh, a Jewish family um, would have, you know, rituals and um, Shabbat and... Uh, traditions. Traditions yeah. that uh, Joseph was probably part of and um, probably raised uh, Jesus in, in, in the faith and uh, taught him what was right and wrong. And uh, I always like to think of that as... Uh, an important part of the story. We were talking before uh, the podcast about uh, there's no real manual for raising kids. There's no real instruction, you know, guide. And always frustrating to me uh, that kind of, you know, got to be some some book or some, you know, checklist or something to do whatever. I asked my parents about that and they said, no, we had to figure it out as we go along. So that's, that's my answer to that question is, um, Joseph was figuring it out as he goes along, and he he figured it out uh, in in, a, in an interesting way. I'm fascinated by the fact that he's not uh, available, not part of the story later on, because uh, there's all kinds of different things that could have happened, would have happened. Probably lifespan was not really that great back in those days. May have not lived to see uh, the passion story. Speculation. I don't discount that. I think that uh, I think that Joseph was the head of a, a family that, and he had to take a back seat at times for on Jesus too. So I think meaning that Jesus became such a figure in the Christianity that uh, Joseph's at times had to take a back seat. Sometimes that's hard on a man, too. Mostly if you're the, you're the father, you're the, the head of the household. You know, I'm sure that uh, he had his own way of thinking. You know? Everybody I'm, does. I'm, I'm a dad for some pretty amazing kids, and I actually like the fact that they're pretty amazing. 
well, that's how, that's how you feel. But if if your son could do miracles, <laughs> yeah, that would be a, a little, a little I don't different. Know. <laughs> I would handle that, or how I'd see that. You yeah. know, it'd be different. You don't know until you're you're walking in his shoes. <laughs> I agree. It's uh, as a father. There's a lot of times you think, what is what's the best way that I can handle whatever situation to. I mean, jokingly, you'd say it to not screw up my kids the least, right? But I mean, like, what's what's the best thing for them? What's the things you ought to teach them at what times? And is it okay that this they're they're doing this or how do you protect order? him? How do you right? Pro- yeah, how do, how you, do protect? you protect a man like that? Yeah, I mean, that's a normal dad thing, right? right. And and um, you're talking about a guy who's in charge of the son of God, and and it wasn't a shock to him. I mean, he had a dream from an angel. And, and being in a Jewish family, it's not like there wasn't some expectation of a Messiah. And to be told, guess what? You're in charge of the Messiah. I mean, talk about extra responsibility. Well, how many times do you tell your child no? Yeah. How could you, you know, yeah. you can't do that. You know? <laughs> right. It's not safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's... You can't walk on water. Yeah. Right, right. Well, actually, Dad, check it out. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, you, we don't get those stories, so you don't know. Jesus was pretty Jesus self-aware. Like, right? he, yeah. he kind of knew intellectually what was going on yeah. and could have, you know, yeah. pushed back but, on some of that stuff. You know, and, and to add on to it a little bit, he, he had brothers and sisters. So, so how do you, like, right. how, how do you address that side of it? Like... I know James, but it's a little different with him, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's I. My the more I thought about it, the more I think, boy, that's, that's a tough position. And then when he turns around and walks for him, how many miles and didn't eat for how many days? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where was Joseph? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd he go? <laughs> yeah. So Pastor Dave asks, an angel of the Lord spoke to Joseph in a dream. Has the Lord ever spoken to you in a dream, or have there been times when you felt like God was speaking to you? I, I personally haven't had that experience. I wish I had. Um, but, you know, I feel sometimes nudgings to do different things. But, you know, when comparing to this, it's pretty inconsequential, right. but I, well, I, I say that, but you never know how, how the plan unfolds. But I haven't had the dream experience, but I had definitely have had God speaking to me through other people, um, saying, saying what needs to be said at the right time, the right place. And, uh, I would always think about it afterwards going, wow, you know, how did that person know that that's what I needed to hear at that time? Some of it has to do with, uh, some of the faith practices, um, prayer, uh, contemplative, contemplative prayer that uh, Dave Newton and I uh, played around with, uh, the Walk to Emmaus experience, uh, talks about that quite a bit, about how God uh, talks directly to you through other people. I believe in all that. and I've had some close calls in my life that I don't think I'd be here if it wasn't for God. I mean, I mm-hmm. I was one of these kind of wild kids anyway. When I was growing up, I grew up in a family in Oregon, and I had a ruptured appendix, and 
I don't know if there's a drugs I was on. They, they didn't think I was going to make it because I, because it, perinitis had set in. It was a terrible thing, and I remember looking down on my body and seeing a light. I'll never forget that. That's a true. This I haven't told a lot of people this. I guess I am now, but uh, I think I talked to God that time because I said I don't want to go yet. I want to stay, and I. I stayed. Yeah. That was one time. And there's been other things in my life where I've had some close calls. And and uh, yeah, I really believe he's yeah. there. There's no other explanation, you know. Yeah. Or it, it makes the most sense. Yeah. yeah. I know B.B. Uh, Bruckner's been on the podcast and shared a lot of those experiences. And it's, it's amazing. So jo- Joseph believed the voice he heard was a message from God. How, how do we know if the voice we hear is truly a message from God. I think in some cases it's, you just know. know? Yeah, it's one of those things that you... It's a feeling, I think. More of a gut uh, feeling as opposed to trying to figure things out, which is part of my problem personally. Mm -hmm. I'm always trying to explain things or trying to, you know, provide rationale for stuff. And sometimes there isn't a rational, you know, reason why you feel, you know, that this is a message that you need to hear or that, um, you know, that's important to listen to. Um, it just is. I feel the same way. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I try to talk to God on a regular basis and he's taken care of me and my family. And for years and years and years, I, I've been, and anything that uh, I give back, it comes back twice fold for me. I mean, it's been one of those kind of lives for me. I, I look back now, and I I couldn't do it without him. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. I've heard a lot of people say that it takes a lot of to, the the process of discernment um, is sometimes not easy. But you know, I think it's a lot of how do you put guardrails on on the the answer that, well, God told me to do it. Um, and I think a lot of prayer, talking to people about it, really trying to figure out, is this is this what God has in store for me? And at some point, I think in some cases, it's just faith. In other cases, it's a blinding light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So has there been a time in our life with Based upon the leading of God, you changed directions and ended up doing something you hadn't planned to do. Has God ever asked you to do something contrary to your desires? We're all looking at each other. Well, I, I, <laughs> I retired and I am running this food pantry. That that's, <laughs> wasn't what you planned, huh? That's a big. That's a big ask. Yeah, I was I was going to uh, play golf and yeah, and, and take my grandkids to school. Um, but now I'm not doing that. I, I haven't had the upbringing. Dan had, but I had some tough times um, growing up and becoming an adult and uh, sitting in college. My wife and I tell this story a lot. Um, We had gone together for a long time, dated and pretty serious about it, but um, just kind of used to do whatever. And she would look down on my decisions I was making as uh, not really, you know, very positive. Work and moving out from my parents' house too a little too early and money and whatever. And I, I remember at night um, on campus, I was trying to, you know, write up 
term paper in two hours, you know, before it was due and, um, <laughs> called my a girlfriend and said, you know, I'm just going to quit. I'm going to you know, not do this anymore. And I'll figure out a way to get back into school or I'll figure out a way to get a real job or whatever. And she said, you, you don't have to call me anymore if you do that. <laughs> yeah. And that was, uh, that was a big wake up call for me. Um, yes, yeah. I think God had a lot to do with that. And, uh, yeah, the end of the story is we've been married, uh, 44 years, 46. Fantastic. I don't know. Yeah. It's been pretty, ama pretty amazing. I think, um, Lots of times when you don't think about, or you think your life's going to unfold a certain way, and it's just life has a way of not unfolding that way. But Surpri through it all. Surprises. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> through it all, um, you know, you can always count on the presence of God through the, the good parts and bad parts. There was, um, taking us down a tangent, but the, um, I, I remember a, uh, a saying, I don't know if it was an old rabbinical one, but somebody had made it to heaven and and um, was looking back at their life as steps through the sand next to a beach, and you could see their walk of life. And the person looked at the good parts of their life and the bad parts of their life and saw that during the bad parts there was only one set of footsteps, whereas in the good parts there was two steps. There was there was the person and God walking next to him. The person said, why, were, why weren't you there during the hard parts of my life? And God said, I was. I was holding you. And so I, I always remember that as I, I would imagine that Joseph had to have some kind of grounding faith. You know, you know everybody, I think. Well, I always should. also believe that uh, there's really two kind of people. I was a salesman for many, many years. That's what I did. did. I sold hospitality supplies primarily. That's brought me to Las Vegas over, I've been here for, I guess, 24 years now. And uh, I sold sheets and towels and bedspreads and blankets and shower curtains to hotels. And uh, there's always in my life, I've always looked at people and there's givers and there's takers. And I think the givers end up on top. Mm -hmm. I've, I've always thought that. And uh, it's, it always makes me happier to give than it does to take. And I think everybody looks at that, and if they believe that, it's it makes your life a lot simpler. Sure, yeah. And somewhat related to that is the, is the last set of questions where... Pastor Dave asked, Joseph was the patron saint of those who serve faithfully without any need of recognition. So those givers, those givers that give the sake, for the sake of giving, not for the recognition. Do you know someone who serves faithfully with no need for recognition or without giving recognition to that person? Tell us why you think of this person. There's, there's always, you know, those people that I can think of in my life that made a difference and, and they didn't do it for any kind of recognition, but sure made a difference. A you know, friends. On, on the opposite end of that story, <laughs> I I had this wacky idea for doing family promise here and uh, get some pushback, you know, from 
good, you know, good-minded people who were, you know, what about our facility? What about our, you know, thing? And, you know, they would, having homeless people, you know, spend the night at our church, that's going to be crazy. I had some people just walk up to me and hand me $100. Wow. That's nice. And I'm like, you know, we should, you know, thank you. Or what? No, I don't want to, yeah. you know, get any recognition. I don't want to get any... Whatever I had a lot of people, and, and Beth does now with the uh, the way they do Family Promise now, which is differently. They have a lot of people who do a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. This church is amazing with the volunteers and the engagement and the involvement. I always use this business model. There's always you know twenty percent of the people do eighty percent of the work, and eighty percent of people do mm -hmm. you know they watch, mm -hmm. right? This church is just the opposite. I would say eighty. 90% of the people who show up here on Sunday are really, really involved and engaged, and they don't get the recognition. I think they should, um, but it's between them and their God, and they, they're very happy to do that. Yeah, I think um, God bless those people. Yeah. All right, well, I want to thank you for listening, and thank you, special thanks to our guests for being here today. Um, I'm going to close this in prayer. God, we thank you for for Joseph, for the people who are willing to do the hard work that faith requires without the need of recognition, for the example that Joseph sets, and for the people in this church that follow that example. We pray that we can always see your presence in our lives and use that to make a difference for your kingdom. Amen.